There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. And I'm going to take example of that. I'm going to take example of that. For, we use alcoholism and drugs, so I'm going to use it because everyone uses it. But you've got that alcoholic who sits there in the bar every night, every night. And I've been there. I was in a pool team last last year. My wife and I sat there and would sit there and drink all the time. And we'd smoke. And we'd sit there and shoot pool. And I've seen some of them guys. And they're there every time, every time. Some of them women sitting on those bar stools every day. That's all they do is go in there and drink after work. And, and the t- stories they tell and two or three husbands and just this and that. And their kids won't talk to them. And it was just normal to them. This is everybody's dealing with these problems. And they drink it away. And the reality is, is that the consequences of that sin, even though they don't even think it's sin, they don't even realize it's a sin. It's normal. Okay. The consequences of that is misery, but they're not tired of that sin. And I'm using sin as a general term, meaning they don't realize it's a sin, but for them sitting in that bar drinking all the time is killing them. Okay. But we could use that same analogy for a lot of different things in our lives. And here we have, you know, you got a child doesn't want to clean the room. Room gets to be a big mess. Mama comes in there. I told you to clean the room. Mama gives them a spanking, right? That kid's just so upset, so sad. But they're not sad because the room was dirty. They're sad because mama whooped them. Okay? And there's a difference. There is a clear, distinct difference. There's going to come a time when that child's going to go in that room and it's going to be a grief to that child because that room is a mess. And it's disgusting. And the toys are all out of order. And they're going to go in there and clean that room. And it's not going to be because mom wants them. And I'm going to tell you something. What I found in my life, I went in my room and I tried to clean that room and I could not clean the room. I couldn't clean that room. Okay? That scared me. Amen. I was a rebel. I'm a rebel. Turning against God's laws. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, David said. Psalm chapter 51 and verse 6. He said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Verse 16. Same chapter. For thou desirest not sacrifice... Else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. That's a promise. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. And I got to a point in my life where the actual sin itself was a grief to me. A grief to me. I'd already had all the consequences. I got used to consequences. I knew how to do time. I learned how to do time. Sure. Didn't have a choice. Okay, but there's part of my life that I that, that was a real, real grief, grief to me. It was a grief to my family. Okay, and I realized it kind of scared me because I thought, man, God's dealing with you, and I knew it, and it scared me. It scared me to death. I mean, shivering, scared, crying. I'd sit right there, pastor preaching. I just cry. I couldn't help it. We get to sing, and I start crying. 
Because God was dealing with the songs. I, God would deal with me in the songs. I'd hear the message in the song and I'd start crying because God was dealing with me and I couldn't stop it. And I, and I don't, I'm not, I'm a crier. So I'm, I'm not saying you have to get God, you have to cry or something like that, but I, it was a lot. It was a very emotional time for me because I realized I said, I'm sick of who I am. I'm sick of this. And I'm not saying I didn't like that part. There's parts of me that really, really like the part of me. We really like that part of me, but it's a grief. That room's messy is a grief. We got up there to New York for the meeting and I just wanted to be, I wanted to have my heart open. That makes sense. I told some of the preachers, I said, I'm sitting on the front row. You can't miss me. <laughs> I think they thought I was talking about them spitting on me when I was so close, but I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> okay. I was talking. <laughs> yeah. I was serious. I'm sitting right here, right, right in front preacher. of you. Okay. Right. I was sitting right in front of you. And I thought about one of the preachers preached a message on Zacchaeus, right? <laughs> You know, Zacchaeus, he wanted to see God, and he, he was so small, and he climbed up in that tree. You know, he gets all the way up in that tree, and he's trying to look over that tree and see. And he saw, and he, and he wanted to see it. And I, I thought about that when the, one of the preachers talked about it. Because I, I, I was scared. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But I was open. I was ready for that. And God began to deal with me with things that I had never seen before in my own life. I remember one of the preachers, some guy from Alabama, I think his name was Brother Harold Bryant. He talked about, I don't know, he was just preaching about something else. And suddenly he turned and he started talking about a message that Brother Williamson had talked about, about, about young adults when they're going and they're getting married or getting around someone that they really care about and they like. And he said, you know, they go and they don't get the permission from their parents. And they don't get, the, 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 get their, their pastor involved and they don't get their family involved and they go out and they rebel and they go out and get, some, and get somebody and just miserable. It just causes problems. He said, you need to go to your pastor. You need to go to your father. You need to go to your mother. You need to go to your family. Right. And God smoked me right there. I, couldn't, I burst into tears. I was on the altar. I realized, oh my God, <laughs> this is this stuff. I'm a rebel. I knew it at that moment. God was showing me this stuff. I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, I got out and, you know, so, but I mean, looking back, it's so dumb, but I don't see that at the time. I mean, I'm blind. You know, I met my, I met my wife in a bar, literally. First time I ever saw her, she had a big old platter just like this, a jello shot. And she slides in, woo, just like that. And I said, hey, you know, that's how we met. So she didn't like me. Didn't stop. You know, that's just, that's how it was. She was my boss, my supervisor. And, you know, one thing led to another and we're, Living in the same house. And a little bit later, I got to thinking about it. I said, man, this is wrong. I need to go ahead and marry her. It's just all backwards. You know, it's, it's completely backwards. And, but there was some other stuff that was still bothering me, right? And I didn't know. I did, there was stuff that God was dealing with me. And Brother Dale Morey, God bless Brother Dale Morey. I'm going to tell you that right now. Brother Dale Morey got up there and, and preached, okay? And there's a part of me that resented Brother Dale Moore, and I talked to him this afternoon, and I told him I was going to use him in my testimony, and he said, whatever, brother, he said, that's fine, okay, and I didn't even realize it, we had talked a couple of times when I first got out, and I was all the emotion and the, just, the, just the, the craziness because of the overstimulus, and I'd be working down there in Charleston, and, and at night, and the first job was a cleaning job, and we'd clean the Marriott floors and stuff like that, and and it was just too much. And I just, I'd be crying walking him down the hallway because it was just too much. Too much people, too much lights. It just, I didn't belong there, and it was, it was a lot. And I called him, and he talked to him, and we didn't really talk much after that. And he, and he got to preaching, and I got to looking at him, and I got to thinking, man, he's a sellout. He's a sellout. This is a guy who's in the gangs in prison, okay? I'm so proud of myself. I never joined a gang. Never. I look down on those guys that joined the gangs. It's ironic. 
I was in there for some pretty bad crimes. But I looked down on them. I was proud. I held on to that. Okay. You had these guys that would, you know, go in there, they're young and they'd run in there and get initiated and have these older people, they were in their 40s, older people in their 40s, you know, not like me in their 30s, but they'd have these older people in their 40s and they'd, you know, they'd tell them what to do. They'd run them around and make them rob people and all that. And those guys had no freedom and they'd run around and I just, not these bunch of idiots. And I refused, I refused. I'd go down the middle of the rock and do push-ups in the middle of the rock, have all the gang members on one side, gang members on the other, I didn't care. And that was just my mindset going in there and I was proud of that. And it was stupid, it was stupid. Did about everything else you could possibly do, I ain't joined the gang. But I held on to that, that pride, okay? Right. And there was a resentment from Brother Dale. I looked at it and said, he's a sellout, I thought to myself. And we went out there and we were standing out there in the parking lot and I just told him, I said, um, you know, when you were up there, I looked at you and I realized you're just a sellout. I told him that point blank to his face. And I thought, he's gonna argue now, I'm about to hear this. He didn't argue. That's right. The man just looked at me and he said, I'm glad I know how you feel, brother. And later that night, I don't even remember who was preaching, to be honest with you, off the top of my head. I cannot remember. Thursday night, I'm pretty sure. But I just remember there was preaching and God, was, God showed me something. Brother Dale Morey, I didn't look at him just, let me, let me back up just a little bit. The main reason I resented him wasn't the fact that he was in a gang in prison. That's not why I resented him, okay? It was the fact that he joined a gang in prison, he got out and he joined the church gang, okay? Now I'm part of the church, yeah. We're about to go to church, preach, yeah. You just sell out, you ain't yourself. You don't know who you are, okay? I'm a rebel, okay? But I'm an outlaw, you know? But that's how I saw it. I mean, literally how I saw it. Two months ago, month and a half ago, whatever. And you know what God showed me? God showed me that I was in there, that I sold out. I joined the devil's gang when I was about 10 or 11 years old. I sold my soul, sold out to him literally. And I'm not talking about no Johnny Cash, violins, all that stuff. I'm talking about I sold out to the devil as a child that's right. and joined that gang. And I was initiated in that gang. And I, that guy, and those bosses and those lieutenants used me to destroy my family destroyed myself and I did anything that man wanted me to do in my whole life and I said man I'm talking about the devil I'm talking about just sold out to any any kind of whatever cleanness weirdness confusion anything that was going to go on I sold myself out to that as a child and as an adult and as a teenager and going on into that and I've always been that and it killed me I had never ever seen myself like that never ever seen myself like that and I realized I said I owe Dale Maury, a huge apology. I realized that. And I realized that I, I just don't know. I said, Jesus Christ, it was real to me at that moment. I realized, I said, I got to pray. I got to talk to God. I said, I need to, man. I got to go find my pastor. And that man went, shut up. He went, stop preaching. He kept preaching. And I'm sitting there on that front row. And I, I, I felt like I was going to dance up and down. And I realized that. And I said, you know, I, I thought to myself, man, I, 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 if I go get pastor, then he's not going to be able to understand what I'm talking about. I need to get a translator. So I had to go get Dale Moore, and I told I went back there and told Pastor I need to talk to you, and um, he said okay. And I told Dale Moore, I said, Brother Dale, I need a translator. Can you come out here for a little bit? He said sure. So I came out there and I told Brother Dale Moore, I said, look, I said, Dale, I said I need to translate. I'm about to talk, and I went into just sort of prison talk, off the wall, stupid stuff that, and I don't even know half of what I said. I just wanted to, and you know, what Pastor told me he said you talk to God, you tell God all that. And I told Dale Moore I was wrong, and I sold out a long time ago. I said, I said, you just sell out, but God, you sold out to God. I want to be like that. I want to sell out too, man. Amen. I want to sell out too. I don't know what you got, but boy, I want what you got. Amen. I'm just thankful that when I prayed and I know Jesus Christ is real to me at that moment. I thank God for that. Amen. And I don't know what I got into. I really don't. You know, but I just know that once I was in that devil's gang, I was in his gang. I sold out to him, right? I turned it over. 
And I know one thing, God, I'm on God's side now. I know that. As yeah. miserable and as stupid as I am and as dumb as I am, like one of them little punks in the prison yard running around stealing people, I've got a hold of Jesus Christ, the God of that Bible, the God of my father, God of our pastor, God of Billy Randall, God of Don Green. That same person is real to me now. He saved me. I never had a doubt since then, not one doubt. I've had problems. I've had issues, trust me. But it just doesn't matter because I know that Jesus Christ is real. Amen. God is real to me. He's realer than he's ever been. I never saw it like that. Of all the things, I never thought I was going to get saved, honestly. Maybe when I was younger. But I never did think that I was going to get saved. I thought that wasn't for me. I'd go to, I'd go to church. I remember one of the first times I was here, I didn't even, my mama come in and she saw me. I didn't have my shirt tucked in. And <laughs> mama said, tuck your shirt. And I said, I tuck my shirt. What's wrong with you? Mama said, tuck your shirt. And I said, yes, ma'am. Tuck my shirt. <laughs> Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10. Bible says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous one is into it and is safe. The reason I read that verse is just, when I read that verse the other day, I was reading, I just thought about that, that strong tower. You sit out there and you look, think about that strong tower. Have something, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how chaotic it is, no matter how wrong it is, no matter how good it is, I have something. Yes, sir. I have something. I have, so it doesn't matter what happens now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I screw up everything. I have that strong tower. I can run to it. And does that make sense? And that's, that's an amazing thing. Proverbs chapter 4, or let's see, Psalms chapter 143. Psalms 143. Psalms 143, I'm going to read verses 7 through 10. It said, Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know thy, the way that wherein I should walk. For I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God. And thy spirit is good. Lead me unto the land of uprightness. And that's my prayer going forward is teach me to do thy will, O God. Not Paul's will. Mike said, like Mike talked about that hope. You know, you just, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to get it. I'm so proud of myself. No, teach me thy will. Right. What's, what do you want me to do? What do I need to do in my daily walk with God? What do I need to do? If something's wrong, let me know it. Pastor talked about stealing things, right? All of a sudden, I don't know why he started preaching about that, but boy, it dawned on me. I was at Lowe's. I had all my, all my tools stolen, right? But I didn't say in there is, is that I had borrowed a couple ratchet sets, right, from the back and didn't return them. And I had justified it thinking, oh, well, you know. They got all my tools. You know, I got some tools now. And they were $80 a piece. I had $160 worth of stolen tools. And I'm a saved man sitting in my car. I couldn't wait to get back to Lowe's and give them tools back. <laughs> Teach me to do thy will, O Lord. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and I want to read one last scripture. And that's Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 26. It's a real powerful verse for me because it really means a lot. It speaks to the heritage of that fathers can lend down and mothers can lend down to their children. He said, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. And I think about my father who had that fear of God. No matter what happened in his life, he had that strong confidence in God. Right. Okay? 
And that verse said, His children shall have a place of refuge. And I thank God for my parents. I thank God for my family because I was able to turn to that place of refuge that's there, that's always been there, very strong. And I think about all the children in the church and I think about the mothers and the fathers and up there and down there. I just, if you can remember that, that it's so important to understand to give those children the idea that there will be a place of refuge there. That strong confidence to fear God. You're doing this for a reason because you know your children will have a place of refuge. No matter if they spent 25 years in a prison system, no matter what happens, they will always have that. It doesn't say they'll go to that place of refuge. It says they'll have that place of refuge. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.